Hello, everybody. Welcome into a new episode of uh, Tricks and Picks, uh, the Cooper Bowl, uh, right after the Super Bowl. Um, uh, football season's over. Uh, the Super Bowl just happened. Uh, it's a really horrible time in the world if you're a sports fan. Uh, the, the, the worst time. Um, we um, so we just had uh, we just had a pretty wild uh, injury riddled. I would say it's the most one of the most injury riddled and horribly officiated Super Bowls um, within the past recent years. I'd say um, I, it's interesting. It's it's the first time, or at least well, n- not two years ago. I guess you could say because they got Brady, but. Uh, where a Super Bowl winning team where the most important pieces were built like an NBA team uh, with the Rams. They were built a lot like an NBA team. Ramsey, Odell, I mean, not, not completely, but Ramsey, Odell, Stafford, three of the biggest reasons they were one of the best teams in the league this year, all through free agency. I don't know. I just thought, I don't know how important that is. I just thought that was kind of interesting that usually NFL teams aren't built that way. But this is one of the first ones I've seen where they were largely built through free agency and just, you know, it's just, it seems like more of an NBA type of thing. It's like, they're like, they're almost like the first NFL super team. Um, it, some of the officiating was so terrible. I mean, this game could have gone either way. There was a lot of injuries on both sides. Evidently, um, apparently Joe Burrow was playing with a torn MCL, the, all of the playoffs, which does explain a lot. It also could show you how great he is. He was playing with a torn MCL and still able to make the Super Bowl. Um, Stafford, I, I would say, I would say the fact that the I think the Rams and Sean McVay are really, really lucky they were able to pull this off. Uh, it really could have gone either way. If the ball, if, if there were a couple other calls, if they didn't make that very questionable pass interference call, um, if Eli Apple didn't have a couple really bad penalties, uh, this game could have gone in a very different direction. I, I mean, I would say Stafford played decently well. Um, Stafford, like I said I, uh, before, deserves it. Um, he... I mean, it easily could have gone the other way for Stafford. He didn't play tremendous, but I think of all people, he deserves it because for most of his career, he's had the supporting cast of Bambi and has completely carried teams that otherwise had no business. So I think the fact that Stafford can win when a lot of luck was on his side, well, for most of his career, the luck was in the opposite direction. So I don't know. I I guess that's kind of a good thing. Um, Stafford, I'd say... I think it's a really Sean McVay is very fortunate that it went in the direction that it did because we would totally not forget how bad Sean McVay was as a coach, especially in the second half. They kept running the ball constantly for like no yards, constantly ran the ball when they were behind and played with no sense of urgency. Um, he, He just like you have one of the strongest passing games in the league. I know Odell got hurt, but even without Odell, even with Jefferson and Cooper Cup, Odell's not even the best receiver on the team. Um, you have you ha- Stafford struggled at the beginning of the game, but came up clutch when it mattered most. That yeah, yeah, that's fair. He did. He definitely did. Uh, they both sides had lots of injuries. Both sides had lots of injuries uh, on either one, and both sides had lots of bad calls. Uh, so it really could have gone either way. He came up clutch, I'd say. Um, though I think he could have been a little better. He did throw a couple of really bad picks. Um, but I don't know. I, I when you throw the ball deep a lot, you're going to throw a fair amount of picks. Um, Stafford, I, I'd say McVeigh. We're he's so lucky that we, they were able to pull that off because if he didn't pull that off, nobody would forget how bad how bad a job he did coaching in the second half of the game. It totally would have been blamed on him and Stafford almost entirely because of how because Stafford for the bad picks and. Uh, McVeigh for the bad play calls, especially even more so. Um, so, I, I mean, this obviously does a lot for Stafford's legacy. Um, there's going to be very little debate about him being in the Hall of Fame because people are going to be – people now may talk a lot about about um, how a lot of calls may have went in their direction um, in spite of the fact that a lot of calls went against them and a lot of injuries went against them. Um, but nobody's going to remember that. Nobody's going to remember – the fact that the Rams actually played a pretty bad game. I like, I don't think they lit, they played up to their potential. They should have been better. Um, nobody's going to, nobody, everybody's going to forget that. And the fact that Stafford has a Super Bowl under his belt is what's going to matter. And easily that's going to get him into the hall of fame. Um, 
I mean, I don't care that much about the Hall of Fame, but when it sometimes I care. Somebody trying to call me during the show. Um, no, I uh, in general I don't care that much about the Hall of Fame, but in in this case, it's like I do think it really does help his le- legacy a lot. Um, I enjoyed watching Eli Apple get brutally clowned on social media over this. Uh, I, I've never seen a guy get that much hate when he screws up. Like usually if a guy doesn't play a good game or if there's a bad, especially when they're a very good player, like Eli, like Eli Apple is usually guys come to their defense and they're like, Oh, you know, you get, um, you know, he's a very, like, he's very good or don't feel bad or, you, you know, it's usually the opposite, but this time they just kept rubbing it in uh, and made fun of him ju- for making bad call for, um for doing a terrible job. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was funny with, with uh, social media. Um, anyway, uh, bring in my good friend, uh, John Gross. People are getting tired of me. <laughs> I just got tired. I, I just can't talk that much longer. I, I don't know. Get Nick, my- I appreciate you having me on. I'm looking forward to uh, speaking about the biggest sports news of the day. The biggest. Sp- <laughs> no, you know what I'm talking about. No, I, I know what you're talking about. And it's not the biggest sports news of, I mean, maybe of the, maybe of the day because nothing really happened today anyway, in terms of right. sports. <laughs> I I know I know you watched the Super Bowl. I I watched the second half of it. I was uh I, I was doing some work uh, in the work. first half. You value money over the Super Bowl. I, you know what? It, it was a good night to make some money. So actually, I don't blame you because if you do box pools, you probably don't make money. Exactly. Exactly. Un- unlike what our friend Brandon was suggesting. Yeah, <laughs> you're like guaranteed to make money. Yeah, exactly. Am I, am I wrong about McVeigh that he like it, like like I said, I thought the Rams like I didn't think the Rams were going to win the Super Bowl. I didn't, but I think you certainly can argue that all around. Like before the Super Bowl win, obviously, forget all that. Before that, you certainly could have argued that they were the best all-around team, like the best skilled team in the league. I'd agree, and I think going back to what you said previously, that they're built like an NBA team, and that they did they it free agency. They got so many of these big names. I mean, yeah, I, I think that uh, that yeah, they 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 were. I mean, they're listen, they're the best team that won the Super Bowls. So that's a given. But yeah, I think if you have to look at roster, top to bottom. Who has the most talent? I think you could easily make the argument for the Rams. They have the best. They, I think you certainly can argue they have the best talent on both sides. Yeah. I mean, how many? How many? They have three very good receivers. Mm-hmm. I'd say um, they have one of the best defensive linemen and one of the best. The best defense. Defense. He's the best, the best defensive lineman. lineman. Like one of the best ever. How many other teams can you say that about? And the top, right. and one of the best quarterbacks. Right, and and a, and a pretty good cornerback as well. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I said. One of the best yeah. defensive backs. Yeah, like he, like the only other team that comes close, I would say, would be the Niners, but they don't have the quarterback part of it. No, not yet. It, unless Trey Lance becomes that dude, but who knows? Right, but th- they're not there yet. Is my point. No, no. Um, although their run game, their run game was really bad in the in the Super Bowl, at least in the second half, it was really the bad. Rams, right. Yeah. And McVeigh kept using it. Hey, I, I think you could certainly question question the coaching, but at the end of the day, they got the win. Yeah, no, that's all, all, that's all that matters for the uh, 150 Los Angeles Rams fans out there. I don't know if you saw the pictures yeah. and videos from the parade today, but but it, it was emptier than a New Jersey Nets game in 2010. Yeah, because they they're in LA, they have better things to do, and, and they're not. I know, I know that there's history there, obviously, but like. They were in St. Louis for so long that um, you know it, 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 it's 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 kind of it's like the Nets moving into Brooklyn. I know that it's it's a little different because it's basketball versus football. There wasn't previously a football team in LA at that time, but like but like people already have their interest, like you're saying. So well, no, I think it's a lot different because Brooklyn and New Jersey, I mean, to are very very similar in terms of like where they are. They're still both local teams, right? But. but St. Louis, LA, that's a whole plane ride away. It's like, like, I don't know. I honestly think that most New Jersey net fans even begrudgingly became Brooklyn net fans. I think that's yeah. just, fact. I agree. I, I'm just saying it. in, in the sense. My question is 
how often how much how often did St. Louis Rams fans become LA Rams fans? That that, that I can't say, but I'm I'm just saying in the sense that you have a team moving to a place where people already have their their team set, their yeah. interests set. I mean, think about it. You have people, anyone who lived in LA for the last few decades, like they didn't have an NFL team, so they picked an NFL team from elsewhere. Maybe the Chargers. I don't know. They picked an NFL team from elsewhere. So if the Rams move in, pro- I don't know how many fans they're actually they actually flipped. Maybe a Super Bowl ring will will change that. But uh, maybe more younger fans. To be seen. Maybe just- probably younger fans. I could see. That's probably what, it, especially now, now that the Rams are good. Um, I right. think I think it does a lot of that. Yeah, but I think LA fans. I think when it comes to sports, LA fans are they're not like New York fans who are or Boston fans or like ride or die with their teams in the same way. Like LA fans don't have that same reputation. And I think a lot of people were rooting for Cincinnati, uh, rooting for Cincinnati fans because Cincinnati, like Ohio sports fans have it so much tougher than LA fans. I mean, the Dodgers and Lakers both won recently and we're like, well, these are many of the same people. Right. Well, I I think they, they, LA fans, let's put it this way. They're not ride or die fans. They're ride fans because their teams (laughs) don't die very much. I mean, look at it. You have the Lakers best or tied for the best NBA franchise of all time with the Celtics. Um, You have the Dodgers, one of the best MLB franchises of all time. And you just won a Super Bowl. So, like, there's not a lot of dying. No, there's not. They're riding. They're, they're, they're thrilled. I mean, being a Jet fan is ride and die because that's all yes. that ever happens. You just it, die. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you um, being a Jets, Mets, Knicks, and Islanders fan, I mean, that is like full on death. dying. There's no living. There's, all, there's not there's even riding, just death. Yeah, that's all, it, that's all it is, being a fan of one of those teams. Right. Um. Yeah, like, with Stafford, like – I don't know. With Rams, that's why I'd say, you know, Burrow is viewed as more of an underdog. But I don't know. I was rooting for Stafford. I, I had a soft spot for Stafford because it is he's a lot older than Burrow. Burrow can easily go back and win one. Um, but with Stafford, though, he waited so long to actually be on a decent franchise. And that's kind of why I wanted him to win. While Burrow is younger than us. Yeah, I, I agree. Stafford absolutely deserves it. I think I was listening earlier before I hopped on, and, and you made some good points about how, you know, before this, he didn't have a, a ton around. I mean, look look what he had in Detroit. They had, a, had an amazing wide receiver, and, and that's pretty much it. And, and they're the Lions. They're, they're, they're losers. So yeah, and now he, he goes to the he Rams. Had amazing, he had an amazing wide receiver who was so fed up that he just left. Exactly. exactly. I mean, he's one of the best wide receivers of all time. But, but still, like a quarterback and a wide receiver – just those two like can't do all too much. Like you have a, a, a quarterback in Stafford who has statistically been great throughout his career, he's yeah. big numbers, and now he's on a team that can actually contend. And uh, he showed what he could do. He won. It wasn't just statistically great. He kept his team afloat. Like he, yeah. he was able to do things. Like now, like without Stafford, the Rams would have been like the Browns were for many years, if not for absolutely. Stafford. He was when he was on the Lions. Like, Absolutely. The, it's nice to see him, you know, finally be able to prove himself. Um, I, I mean, there were, like, I will say, I think this was probably the worst officiated Super Bowl I've seen in a while. Well, I think for like 95% of the, for like 95% of the game, I think it was good. I, I was listening to the first half on Westwood One Radio. I don't know if they had any analysis like this on TV, um, but. They had on a couple former officials who spoke about how the Super Bowl should be officiated. And they basically said, don't go looking for anything. If something presents itself to you, call it. But in the Super Bowl, don't go looking for anything. And it was clear for much of the game. That's that's kind of how the uh, this, this crew is, is handling think, it uh, until the end, until the last drive. I think there's a difference between don't go looking for anything and don't make obvious calls. Absolutely. Like, things are different. Absolutely. Like, sometimes there could be a really clear call in front of your face and it's like you don't call it. Like, it, like I don't think those two things are quite the same thing. Uh, the same, it's true in basketball too. They don't call fouls as easily in the playoffs in basketball. No. But like, it's, it, it's more physical. So it, it's a little, it, it's a similar type of thing. I expected that to happen, but they had some really terrible missed calls until the very end where it's like they, then they started calling everything. 
Right. <laughs> like, you, they, you have to be consistent. That's the you thing. You have to be consistent. They were not consistent. The, the officiating was not at all consistent uh, in this game. Right. And I know that it was a first first ever Super Bowl for the crew chief and and, and all that. But uh, I think for most of the game, they, they were fine. They were consistent for yeah. most of the game until the end. Which is when it matters most. So, yeah. like, it, and it was like they didn't they didn't make that call like that call with the face mask when they didn't when they missed the face mask from um uh, from T Higgins uh that, that really like that very blatantly obvious face mask right you know what I'm talking about in the third right. quarter and when they scored uh, that it like that should have been called uh, it, it was just. It, it was it was a, it was not a well officiated game, um, it, but it was such an ugly win for the Rams. Like they were so much better. Like they should have been so much better than they played. Like for I mean, again, an ugly win is better than a beautiful loss, obviously. Absolutely. Um, but I, I just think people are going to forget. Like they were really lucky to pull that off. Yeah, I mean, I think look back a couple of years ago with the Rams were in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. It, it was it's a similar thing. Like all year long, their offense was phenomenal. And then they get to the Super Bowl and they only scored what three points a couple of years ago. Yeah. Like they didn't look good. And, and the offense, they didn't look, they didn't look anything special this year. But it, but it was enough. Like, like they, they have clearly a lot of faith in their defense. When you're in a game like that, not to say you want to play to lose, but but you also don't want to take too many gambles. Like if they felt that they're truly better than the Bengals, they're just going to play their game. They're going to play smart football, and, and it worked out for them. They didn't take too many gambles, although they they gambled enough to like throw picks so i wouldn't say they didn't gamble at all um, right so it, well more towards the end when they started running the ball and trying to get cute um with all that um toward, it was more towards the end um so you saw cooper cup won mvp was your mvp cooper cup or aaron donald aaron donald and i found out you might have seen this as well but the voting was conducted with like still a few minutes left in the game really Yes. So that so, so that's why the who, final who, drive. I want to know who votes on it, uh, like media members and, and such. Uh, but but I guarantee you that if they waited until after the game to actually vote, Donald would have probably won. Yeah, I mean it's one of those weird. I mean I think you could have given it to either of them, but I think there's in like it's not like in basketball or in baseball where it's a little more obvious who the MVP is. Football has so much more complexities and layers to it where it's like it might seem like Cooper Cup was the visual MVP, but that doesn't mean he was the actual MVP. Right. And, and, like, and I, yeah. like with Aaron Donald, especially on defense, like like a defensive player, whether it's a corner or, or a lineman or whoever, they might not get a lot of action in a game, but that's, that might be because they're double teamed. And that kind of proves they're like the MVP because the defense is centered around them. Exactly. Yeah. So, and I think, listen, he, Aaron Donald made, made the game winning play. He made the game winning play. That's when people think back to this Super Bowl, they are going to remember Aaron Donald, quite possibly his last ever play in the NFL, won the game for his team. And, and I will say this, like, I think that they should wait until after games. But unfortunately, that's just the reality that like I've voted in a couple for a couple different tournaments, a couple different tournaments that I broadcasted. Like they've had they've given me a vote and we always do it. We've done it before the final game even happens, which to yeah. me like doesn't make any sense. I think you should wait until after the tournament. It doesn't take that long to count up votes. You you have like for the Super Bowl, the game ends and then you're going to have a few minutes of commercials before you you send it down to the podium in the field and do the this the, the trophy ceremony. So like. Just wait till after the game. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. Just wait, wait until after the game, and like it, it's just like with like, yeah, well, I totally agree with all that. With with Cooper, sorry, I lost my train of thought. With uh, Cooper Cup and everything, I, I mean, like I said, I totally understand why. I can understand why that would be like they would choose Cooper Cup because right. because of you know he scores, he's on offense and all that, like. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do kind of agree with Aaron Donald. The, I do think he was probably the actual MVP, but this is by no means the most controversial, uh, M- uh, championship game or series MVP ever. You know who that would be, right? The most controversial. Yeah. The most absurd one. No, no. Which one are you talking about? As Max Kellerman would say, Iguadala. Oh, that one. I thought you meant football. <laughs> 
Oh no, I, I just I meant it. championships in general. Oh, championships. He he won he won an MVP for his defense in LeBron, even though LeBron still had a very good series. Like Steph LeBron Curry was amazing that series. Yeah. Like he scored like thirty six points a game, yeah. and Iguodala is credited for playing great defense. <laughs> right. So this is still considerably better than that. Like I think it's like for Cooper Cup to win this to win MVP, it's yeah. not like people are pissed off about it. Like he's very he's very he's deserving. So yeah, it's- yeah. No, 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 I I agree. He's deserving. I, I just think Aaron Donald might have been the actual MVP. Yes, I agree. Like um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I would say with with that with that game. Well, did you hear that apparently uh Burrow was playing with a torn MCL? Yes. Throughout the playoffs. So that just goes to show I mean, Burrow was very comparable. Like he did, he played a pretty decent game, I'd say. Especially for somebody with a torn MCL. Yeah. That that and that's not a fun and I, I sprained my MCL back in my middle school basketball days. I was out for a few weeks. So listen, from my experience, because I'm you know very experienced with this stuff, obviously, it's it's tough. I mean, it's it's incredible what Burrow was able to do and how tough these athletes are. Um, but uh yeah, you know, to play on an injured leg like that in the biggest game ever, like the dude's just a winner. He did it in yeah. college, did it, did it in high school. Um, yeah, major credit to him. Yeah. With um with oh, what was it? with the with that um with that series, or I, I, I should say with that playoff, with that playoff, that whole playoffs, would you have said that you would take Burrow over Herbert this year? Did you change your mind on that? Um, I I I I don't think so. You wouldn't? I I don't know. I mean, I Justin Herbert was so good. He was so good, but that's, that's tough. I, I don't, I don't, I honestly say it's like a wash. I know that I know you're not supposed to, I know you're supposed to pick a, pick a side for sure, but they're both really good and they are both mature beyond their years. Yeah. And I think you look at so many young quarterbacks who've come into the NFL and who have flamed out quickly, who have had high expectations, but have flamed out. It's Darn because it. like, they're just like not mature on or off the field. Those guys get it. Like they they get it, and they're yeah. both going to be stars for years to come. So that that's tough. What would you say? Would you you'd stick? You'd say Burrow. I would take Burrow. Like okay, let, let's put it this way: If Justin Herbert is in the Bengals, do they still get to the Super Bowl? I think so. Maybe. I don't know how it all plays out. I, I think I think they very well could have. Um, I don't think Burrow is a lot better than Herbert. Like it's not like I think. A team with Burrow compared to Herbert is way, way better than with Herbert. I don't think that. Um, the question I have is, what if you put Burrow in the Chargers? Do they make the playoffs? Again, I think that they're right where the Chargers were. Just they were right there. It came down to the final game for them. Um, but, um, no, I, I I think they'd be like the same team. Because I think both quarterbacks are pretty darn even. Oh. They're pretty similar. I mean, Herbert's more mobile. Yeah, well, and that's that's the thing. When it comes to the Bengals, that's why I think Herbert might be a little better suited. He would lead them to the Super Bowl, and I think would be better suited for this team because the offensive line was 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 pretty poor. Burrow got sacked what, like seventy times. Yeah, so so you have a more mobile guy in Herbert who can move around. That that'll help him help him compare it to Burrow. Not to say Burrow is immobile at all. But you're right, Herbert is a little more mobile. So I think everybody, I think every quarterback that's worth anything now are kind of mobile, or at least all the young ones are. Yeah, absolutely, because I the mean, game has changed. Like the game bottom, has changed. bottom up, bottom up, the game has changed. I mean, defensive linemen are faster, offensive lines are weaker. Um, so, so the game is just different. They have to scramble a lot more. Yeah, and, and these people grow up like. No, not many players, like even like, all right, a lot and a lot of things and a lot of things in life um, are are top down, right? I think in a lot of ways, football is bottom up. Um, Like a lot of offensive philosophies start high school and then like really start college and then they go college to pro. So, so I think you have all these quarterbacks coming in now who are growing up playing more spread offenses, high school and college 
you're being asked to run the football a little bit more than they were. Like how many pure pocket passers are there in college football nowadays? Very few. How many guys are there who are? And the ones that are pure pocket passers usually aren't NFL bound. Yeah. Yeah. How, how many guys in college football now are as immobile as a Peyton Manning or an Eli Manning or a Tom Brady? Or, or, or Ben Roethlisberger, none. They're, they're all able to run because every offense in college wants to have a quarterback that there's a threat of running. Yeah. So that's yeah. why I think you have all these guys coming to the NFL now who can move, and that, that's that's good. And and the offensive philosophies have changed a bit in the NFL now with that yeah, in mind. They've, they've, changed, they've changed a lot, the offensive philosophies. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you still have to be able to throw from the pocket. You still – like, you can't have no arm. Of course. You of can't course. have no arm. But I, I think – yeah, that's it's certainly true. Um, yeah, I mean, only moves when the play break, breaks down. I mean, a lot of quarterbacks couldn't move when the play broke down. I mean, that was a very big thing too. Um, like, I don't know. Um, with um, with so g- going on to the Aaron Rodgers um, future thing. Do you have any idea where he's going to go? I, I can tell you where I think he should go. I, I can tell you where he's not going, though. To, to a wedding with Shailene Woodley. They just <laughs> called I can tell you that. Um, yeah, that whole thing didn't work out, I guess. You know, Aaron Rodgers has started to look more and more like a hippie within the past couple of years. Just like uh, his, his physical look? Yeah, just his physical. Yeah, he has look. long hair and a like beard. He, you know, he looks like he could like be a character on the in the Outsiders. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but you know he. I think he should go. The teams he should go to would either be the Titans or the Niners. Yeah, the Niners are the first team that came to mind for me. He's from. He's from there. He went to Cal. Um, I think he'd be a great fit. The Niners. The Niners. I'm sure would take him. But uh, it would. It, it, it it's always tough for front offices to swallow their pride. And be like, all right, we got to change course because they drafted Trey Lance with the idea of him hopefully playing this next season. Um, and now you're going to go out and sign Rodgers, which if they have the chance, like they'd be stupid not to sign him. They they can't they can't get caught up in their own pride. Um, but that'll that'll be interesting. But yeah, I think, I think the Niners would be the best option for him I if he wants to win now. If he wants to win now, because the Niners have one of the best teams and one of the best coaches, they mm-hmm. just don't have that quarterback part. So. And they made it to the NFC Championship game. But if you think about it, I think the reverse is more likely to happen, which is that Rodgers doesn't want to go to the Niners because he holds a grudge against them. No, I seriously. I think the opposite is more likely to be true. He wouldn't want to go because he said right after um, the draft that they were going to regret not drafting him. Yeah, That sounds a lot more like a Rodgers trait than a Niners trait, if you ask me. Um, another team would be the Titans. And that that would be another choice because look how good they, they were one seed with Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, they have great wide receivers, a tremendous running back, a, a defense that will absolutely get the job done. Um, yeah, I, I can see that. And, and their division is – the division for the most part isn't super strong. No, no, it's not. Uh, but I, I think – I'd say I think he could win – any division and there's very few teams that are not automatic contenders if Rodgers goes there. The Jets are not. Maybe. Okay, I'll give you the Jets, but that's the bottom of the that's NFL right. steerage. <laughs> like the, like that, the, the two NFL helmets that you have on your graphic here would not be contenders with Rodgers. But otherwise I think you know you have mo- they'd mostly be contenders. No, no. Those are the, but those are the only two teams, yeah. and I picked those two teams for a reason. So the Jaguars can make me feel a little bit better about my Jets fandom. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not going to put the Jets and like, and and say like one of the all time great franchises. Like I don't know the Packers, right, right. next. Like I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> you need to feel somewhat good about yourself. I, I need to feel kind of good about myself. Be like, well, at least I'm not the Jags, but at least the Jags have been okay in recent years. Yeah, they got – I mean, with Blake Bortles, they were very close to making the Super Bowl that they, one season. They made the AFC Championship yeah. a lot sooner than the Jets did. <laughs> so yeah. there's that. Um, at least that year they were one of the better teams. Uh, but but other than that, I mean, they've been really, really bad. 
as a franchise for, for the most part. Um, yes. and, and they're probably, but at least they have, they, they had the number one pick. They have a, they have, they got, they had the best off season coaching hire. And, and, and also the best, they, they, and they had the best in season coaching loss as well. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and the, the best heart attack faker in the game. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, it, it looked like one of those, yeah, that, that was a very Urban Meyer type of story. And then one day in five years from now, we're going to be like, hey, remember that time when Urban Meyer coached the Jaguars? Right. No, seriously, I think Doug Peterson was easily the best coaching hire in the offseason because he he is the only coach I've ever seen to outsmart Belichick. Yeah. He beat Bill Belichick with Nick Foles. And coach he was. And the crazy thing is, you'll find so many Eagles fans who still don't think he was a good coach. Eagle fans are so insufferable. They also think Andy Reid. First of all, he won you a Super Bowl, which seemed mm-hmm. impossible at the time. It, they didn't like Andy Reid either, and Andy Reid was one of the best coaches they had. I mean, it, he took them to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Philly fans are never happy. Nick, you, you're 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 preaching to the choir here. I went to Penn State, so three quarters of my friends there were were Philadelphia sports yeah. fans. So well, speaking, I know. Speaking of Philadelphia, ah, oh, here we go. The trade of the century, um, the biggest where they traded some of the biggest whiners in sports. Um, so Harden and, and we're not talking vineyard wines. No, no, not not that type of wine. Uh, the the other kind of wine, the wine with an H, that wine. Uh, when hard like Harden really just wanted out to go to the best fan base. Uh, in, wait a second, I have the video right here. I'm gonna get a video. I got the Harden video. Probably the best fans in the NBA, and uh, I'm just happy that they're on my side. Probably the best. <laughs> I mean, he won't be singing that same tune uh, in six months from now when they chase him out and he's playing them in the playoffs and they start throwing things at him. Uh, I don't think he'd be saying that then. Um, <laughs> he's he's gonna. This they should make. I think they should make a reality show out of this team. Yeah, I and think it'd be very entertaining. They probably argue over like the silliest things, like they would in a sitcom. Uh, wait, wait a second. Here's a, here's a comment. What about the Broncos? Again, the division is stacked with quarterbacks. You got Hackett there now, though. I don't think. Rogers wants to go anywhere that's stacked. I don't think he would do it. I don't think he would go to a, a division that's stacked. I don't think he should do it if he wants to win. But why would he go to the same division as the Chiefs? That's just a really – and the Chargers. That's right. a really bad idea. I'm sorry. I, I just had to respond to that comment. Um, Knowing him, and it's later in his career, he probably wouldn't want to do that. Um, But, yes, he – um. He and wants what Harden wants. An he easy wants what Harden wants. But I'm not kidding. Like, he really does. Like, I think that they just yeah. want an easy championship. Um, it, or at least, I think in the NBA, when you're a star player and you team up with other star players, you can in some way get an easy championship if everything works out right. Whereas in the NFL, there are no easy championships if you're a quarterback, no matter where you go. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, it's, it's, it's about so much more than just getting a handful of guys. Yeah. Yeah, NBA, you could have three amazing players and the rest of your team is not good and you could win it all. Yeah, you don't have to have much of a bench even. You don't have to have a great coach. It it could just be, you know, the coach just sits there with a clipboard. That's it. The guy with the clipboard. Kind of of like Steve Nash. But I think that's the reason Harden wanted to go to the Nets. (laughs) He thought he would get an easy championship out of them. And he heard there's a lot of strip clubs in New York and he's like, even better. I mean, uh, listen, he gave... He gave the Rockets, he gave um, Tillman Fertitta, their owner and their front office, the two teams he'd play for, and they were nice enough to respect it, Philly or the Nets. The Nets had a better package, and that was it. And, and, and now he's saying that he's always wanted to be in Philly. Like, I don't know why any Nets fan would be surprised by that necessarily. Like, he he – he from the from the get go, there was talk that Philly was his preferred place, but he'd go to Brooklyn too. Um, but like, he clearly has an affinity for Daryl Morey. I think it might be a Daryl Morey thing, but I think it's yeah. more just the fact that he didn't want to wait a couple of weeks. 
for Durant. Yeah, yeah, and, and he didn't want to wait a couple of weeks, which I think is is kind of ridiculous. Um, and and to be fair, and I've been very critical of Harden throughout this process. Like, I did not have a single issue with him until like the last three or four days. I'm not even like the day before he was traded. I was like, fine. Even when it was he was traded, I was like, all right, whatever. But now that stuff has come out, it's it's annoyed me. But I'm sure we'll hit on that stuff later. But like, the one thing I do respect about him is that eventually, finally, he did make it clear to the Nets that he did not want to be there. So they traded him. Otherwise, the Nets would have kept him and he would have walked in for agency and the Nets would have been totally screwed. Yeah, no, you're right. At least they traded him when they when they wanted him to be traded. Yes. Uh, But, you know, I, I think it just looks bad when he like he was there. He was hardly there any amount of time. He had to just wait a little bit longer for Durant to get better. And if you think of I could be wrong about this. They went when Harden, Irving and Durant played. They played 17 games, right? 16. 16 and they went 13 and three. Mm-hmm. So they were already they were already winning without even getting a chance to gel. And let's keep in mind, even this season when it was KD, when it was the big two and a half, KD, Harden, and half of Kyrie, <laughs> and even when Kyrie couldn't play at all, like when KD got injured, the Nets were in first place at the East. Yeah, that like, was not that long ago. And, and the and- thing is, too, the East—it's not like the West right now. Like it's not like it's the Suns and everyone else. The East, the Nets are in eighth place right now. They're only six and a half games back of first. Yeah. So so think about how great that team could have been. Yeah. If Durant didn't have such big feet, they probably would have won last year. Absolutely. Uh, like, like that's how – and Harden wasn't even there in the, in the very beginning of the season. Like no. that's, how, that, that, that's how dominant this big three team could have been. It's just basically logistics is, is the reason why. And egos and the fact that like Harden – you know, is really is a very quick giver upper. Nick, I have to say that over the last couple of years, really since I started actually working in sports and like moving away from the fan side of things, I've gained I've gained a lot much greater appreciation for what athletes go through. I'm a lot more empathetic towards them. I don't criticize them as much, uh, especially when it comes to like personal stuff for sure. Like, would not criticize them. Um, that being, and I've tried so hard with Harden. That being said, the stuff that I've read these last few days about him, the fact that he wouldn't show up to games until halftime, the yeah. fact that he was going to Vegas to go to clubs uh, when his team was in the midst of a losing streak, the fact that he was doing this, doing that, like that made me furious and made me lose complete, like any respect I had for the guy. Well, yeah, because he didn't show respect for his team. Yeah. Like that's, that's what he was doing. Like, it, it just, it, it, it was a really bad look for Harden. Like all of that, he like all of that he's done has just been a really bad look. And I don't know. He has a history of this. Like it's not new. It's just that we we're more familiar with it now because it involves the Nets, right? The local team. And and um, there was there was the day or two before the trade actually happened. So it was trade deadline was a Thursday. I think it was like on Tuesday. There were reports coming out that Harden did not want to outright say that he wanted to be traded because he was worried about the backlash that he'd receive receive. Uh, as somebody who requested a trade uh, two years, two different teams. Yeah. So yeah, clearly, it, like, he's concerned about that. Yeah, he puts himself in that position. It's like that meme, like, uh, with the hot dog guy. It's like, oh, I wonder whose fault this is or whatever. Like, I don't know. If yeah, yeah. But <laughs> or, like, or, like, the guy who puts, like, a stick, who's, like, riding a bike and puts, like, a stick in front of it. Yeah. Like, he like, falls and would blame something else. <laughs> right. Like, like, at the end of the day, you have to look in the mirror at some point and be like, what what's the common denominator here? Yeah, it's him. He's the common denominator. It's actually kind of surprising he stayed in Houston so long. Yeah, but you have to think about what happened in Houston. In Houston, he had complete control, and he did so many things that made no sense. Like, remember when he when when they got rid of Chris Paul, like, and then they brought in they brought in Westbrook. Like that didn't work out. They they brought in Chris Paul and got rid of him. And like now, look at what Chris Paul's doing. He's amazing. So yeah. all these combinations, whatever it is. Like he's the again, common denominator. one common denominator, and it is James Harden. Yeah, and, and they're already like he's already fighting with the Sixers. Like that, I don't, and, I, that I don't know about him but. and Embiid are like all. Well, did you see that video? Uh, they were joking in that video. I don't know, but it looks like they're going to be. It looks pretty soon. They're probably going to be arguing. I give can it see a it. Give it a couple of months. There's going to be. It's going to be like a soap opera. Yeah, and I think 
Harden just put even more pressure on himself now to win in Philly than I think he would have had in um, in Brooklyn. Because if the Nets with the big three had fallen short of a championship, the fault would have gone mainly on Kyrie because of his unwillingness to get vaccinated. And number two, uh, on KD, because KD is supposed to be the best player in the world. Harden would be the one that everyone would be like, all right, he's on the team. He tried his best, yeah. whatever. But now he's going to Philly. Now now the burden's on him to win. Well, it's not, it's not just that. I mean, now I think Harden seems to get the brunt of the blame for the Nets' big three. Because it's not like – like, I wouldn't call the big three with the Nets a bust because it just didn't last. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. – it's not like they were supposed to be great together and then they played together and then they were bad. It was just that they weren't willing to make it work. Right. Which is, I think is a little bit different from like them being bad because they were dominant. They could have been amazing. They could have won multiple championships. Uh, but yeah, I think it would look really bad on Harden if he goes to the six, if with the Sixers, he never wins anything and then, you know, goes somewhere else and then blames everybody else, like in typical Harden fashion. Yeah, I, I I don't think the Sixers are going to win. I don't think the Nets are going to win. I think the Nets can win a championship. I think the Nets are still a better team than the Sixers, but by 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 a fair amount. I think the Suns are going to win the championship this year. But um, but uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like I, I'm, I I wish that there were cameras inside of of uh, of, of the Wells Fargo Center and, and in Camden <laughs> at their practice facility because it's going to be interesting to watch to see how how uh, Harden and Embiid uh, work this out. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it would be kind of funny, too, to see all that, to see all that. I mean, the question is, though, how long until, I mean, on the other side of it, how long until, like, Ben Simmons does this whole thing with the Nets? I actually don't think he's going to. And I'm not just saying this because it wasn't biased. But I'll address that in a second. I also want to point out one other thing about the Sixers. They they have a legit head coach. They, They don't have someone like Steve Nash, who who is a, Brand new head coach. I'm not saying Steve Nash is a pushover. He's he was not selected by the he's player. Not. He was selected by the players. He he's 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 always going to defend his guys, right? Doc Rivers is not afraid to publicly call out his guys. Right. That is a big difference. So that is a big difference, and we'll see how Harden handles that. But going back to Simmons, um, I don't think he. I don't think it's going to happen for a few reasons. I think he's in a much better situation in terms of the culture. Um, I think that there's not nearly as much of a burden on him as That's there was true. now, as there was in Philadelphia. Um, I think that he has great mentors now, uh, when previously clearly him and Embiid did not get along. Like KD is going to get along with him. Steve Nash, one of the best point guards ever is going to get along with him. And most importantly, actually Patty Mills. I think he's the secret ingredient here because Patty Mills is a fellow Aussie, just like Ben Simmons. And he's talked very highly about Ben Simmons, how he's going to help him along the way. He wished that he could have gotten to Ben Simmons earlier in his career. And Ben Simmons, uh, I, I think that having somebody who is also Australian, even if Simmons has been obviously in the U.S. for a long time, like that's that's very helpful. You have that presence on your team. I think I think it's going to be more of like a homey environment for him. Compared to Philly, Ben Simmons has like a half Australian accent, like like heard of like like a, like a quarter. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, because he, I mean, he lived in the U.S. So like anyone who's going to live in the, the country for a while, he's, he's, he's lived in the U.S. Yeah. for a long time. Yeah, Patty Mills. Yeah, Patty Mills is one of those players who is just thrives as long as he's on a good team, and it's terrible if he's on a bad team. He, I love Patty Mills. He is great. No, and, he's a really good yeah, addition. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I really think that, that 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 you could, all else being equal, Patty Mills, I think, is probably the biggest difference um, between uh, what he had with Philly and Brooklyn. You know, but before, obviously, after the, the dispute in Philly, a lot of things changed. But, like, if you're starting blank slate, I think Patty Mills gives, gives him a, a really, really nice support system um, in, in Brooklyn. Yeah, I think Ben Simmons just has to be in a situation where he doesn't have to shoot too much. Yeah. And, you know, and can kind of – well, I will say throughout Ben Simmons' career with the Sixers, he never had a backcourt that the Nets have. He didn't have a Kyrie or a, or a Durant. 
Oh, he's not going to have to score. Like, look at who the Nets have. They have two of the best scores. He is good on defense. He's better on defense than he gets credit for. Oh, he's he's one of the best defenders in the NBA. That's yeah. uh, the Nets. And I know I said this in our group chat. I, I think, and it remains to be seen, but there's a very clear path to 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 proving the the argument that the Nets are actually better off now because they just improved defensively tenfold by getting Simmons. Simmons does not have to score. They already have two elite scorers. They have LaMarcus Aldridge, who can use a bucket. Patty Mills, who's great. So so I, I think that uh, – and, and now you get a great, another great shooter in Seth and, uh, and Drummond, who's a beast. So, Yeah, Drummond – yeah, I think they're better off because Harden wasn't playing. Though I don't think they're better off if it worked – if the big three trade worked out the way it was supposed to, if that makes sense. Yes, I agree. Like, like I do think they're better off for sure. Um, I mean, as a, I mean, I'm a Nick fan, so I'm way behind anyway. Like, who am I to talk? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but um, did you see this um Matt Harvey story? Um, yes, I did. I did. So he, he admitted that is, to, um, that is a it is a very it's a very sad story. It's a very sad story. Um, though not a very surprising story. When he was on the Mets, probably. Um, so basically, if you don't know, he admitted to using cocaine when he was on the Mets. Um, and I'm honestly, I'm not really that surprised by this because everything when he was on the Mets, like everything went wrong. When he was on the Mets, like remember, he tried to be a hero in the um, in the World Series game when he refused to come out and then lost them the game. Right. Like it was just. I, I think I would be more surprised if I found out if I found out like he didn't use cocaine when he was on the Mets because like everything in his personal life seemed to be so off. I mean, here's the thing: like it was probably a pretty known thing that he was a cocaine user. Like that 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 is that is a hardcore drug, and the fact that the Mets, I mean, I I think it's all going to come out in an investigation if they tried to help him. What they did to do. Legend, they apparently they did. Apparently, well, well, we, I don't know. we will see. I hope they did because because at the end of the day, like it's he he's their responsibility. Yeah. Um. And, and drug use is a serious thing. I mean, look what happened. This is all coming up because of the the tragic death of Tyler Skaggs, and yeah. and, and drug use seemed to be more common than previously thought in these locker rooms. And these yeah, houses. So it's a really big thing with the '86 Mets. A bunch right. of them were using drugs then. That was a that was a really a really common thing. Um, I don't. I mean, it could be more common than anybody thinks it. I mean, it's not just drugs. I mean, Mickey Mantle like drank in the locker room constantly. Right. I mean, like that's got to have a really terrible effect on your body. Tim Raines was a big cocaine user too. Uh, right. He, so it, I guess it was. I, I guess it, I guess it's more common in professional sports than we might think it is. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that it is, but um, you know, you, you would hope that in the modern day, with mental health, drug rehabilitation being so important in the world and and in sports in particular, you would hope that the Mets would have somebody. I saw re- earlier today the Mets have 21 doctors listed on staff. Not a single one is a mental health professional. I think they should send some mental health professionals to their fans. <laughs> the fans okay. need it too, for sure. Like, what the hell are they doing? They need for the players. <laughs> this also is not the first time that the Mets have had a serious, like, health-related issue. Remember the whole thing with Ryan Church when he got a concussion and they yeah. flew him on the plane, even though he wasn't supposed to. Like, I know they have a different uh, medical staff now, thankfully. But well, remember, Gilad Cespedes constantly got hurt, but it was it sounded like it was in ways that were like made up. Like yeah, wasn't one like he was chasing after a boar or something? Yeah, like he that? was like chase, like why are you? Like, you're a millionaire professional athlete. You're chasing after a boar on a farm, <laughs> like, right. like stepping in something. Like, like uh, he constantly got hurt in ways that like legitimately sounded made up. Like it, like a way to like I don't know. It's just it's crazy how. Like I said, this story doesn't surprise me necessarily, um, but I do think it's very sad. And it took a player's death for this to come out, right? Like had he had Tyler Skaggs still been, if he was still alive, this wouldn't have happened. 
this whole story never would have come out. Right. And, and I think it'll be interesting to see who gets held accountable for this. Um, I, I believe that there was the dealer, his last name was Kay, um, who was involved in this. Uh, and I'm, I'm, and I'd imagine he'll probably get in trouble for it. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see kind of who know, who knew what, but yeah, like drug use, it's a very, very serious thing. Very serious. And, and it, especially if this is happening, like on Mets property, they, they needed to, to handle it and like get him out. I don't know. I don't know how bad of a problem it was. Like, I don't know if he was just a recreational user or if he was using it like constantly, like an addicted user, like in in the Mets locker. Like, I don't know exactly how bad it was with him, but it it was, I don't know. It was bad enough for a story like this to come out. Um, uh, So I want to get into the uh, Knicks Nets game tonight. Let's go. It's the big game. That's the first time anybody has said the big game without referring to the Super Bowl <laughs> because of copyright issues. <laughs> um, are, are you gonna? Are you about to get sued, Nick? Yeah, I'm about to get sued if I say the Super Bowl. That's why I called this. Well, I called this episode the Cooper Bowl. You're you're about to get Nadine'd. <laughs> yes. Um. N- nobody gets that joke. No, uh, no one gets it. But that's uh, tonight. Yeah. Um. Wait. Let me check the spread. For just a second. Um, okay. Ni- the Knicks are giving four and a half. Okay. I also need to see the no, Nets. In time in my life, the Knicks have been the favorites. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I would have. I I think I, I might even send the group chat. I think the Knicks are going to win. Yeah, I think they are going to win. Ky- Kyrie can't play. Kyrie can't play. Um, there's no Harden. No Harden, obviously. No Ben Simmons. I'm looking to see if they released an injury report here. Okay. Duran obviously out. Joe Harris out. Ben Simmons out. Kyrie out. So, uh, honestly, with every, with if everyone else is playing, if Aldridge, I think the Nets would cover that. Four and a half, I think they can cover. That seems yeah. big enough that they can cover. I don't bet basketball that much. I, I like betting football a lot more. Um, basketball is one of the worst sports to bet, I think. It's one. It's one of the worst ones to bet. Um, I, I would maybe. I mean, the Knicks are really bad this year, and they, this is totally the type of game that they would lose, or would almost lose. I, I could see them almost losing this. <laughs> so, so they'll have like a twenty point lead, and then then they'll win. They'll win by four, so that the Nets cover. Yeah, that's basically what would happen. I could see happening. Like, like I don't know. I don't like Thibodeau that much. I don't think he's that good of a coach. I used to really love Thibodeau. The problem is. He is just so stubborn in so many ways and is like so hell bent on overplaying players and never resting them, uh, which was also a problem when he was in Chicago. Like, he's one of the best coaches by Nick's standards, but he's not my. I really don't love Thibodeau like I used to. Well, I mean, I think it's, it's easy to say that now that the team is struggling. Well, yeah, it's easy to say that now that the team is struggling, but I think it has something to do with him. Right. I think, like, I think I, it probably has more to do with Julius Randle. It does have more to do with Julius Randle. I think a lot of it, but it has to do with both, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, Julius Randle is very overpaid. Um, and, and he was, I liked it when they got Randle, um, but I, and I liked it when they got Thibodeau. But if Thibodeau gets a lot of credit for when things go right with the Knicks, I think he should get some blame when they go wrong, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree. I agree. Like, I think Thibodeau had a lot to do with the, like, the Knicks were so gassed when they played in the playoffs last year against the Hawks. Yeah. Really, Randall has been terrible so far this year. Uh, I, I think like they they've been really they're twenty five and thirty three right now. They could maybe get into the play in game, uh, but even if they did, I think they would get killed in a. Uh, they they would probably get killed if they. Wait, is, is RJ Barrett playing tonight? I think so. Um, I could be wrong. Uh. I'd ima- actually, I'd imagine he is. There's no way the Knicks would be four and a half point favorites if RJ Barrett was out. Yeah, yeah, he is playing. Um, but it, you know, he hurt his ankle because Thibodeau didn't take him out during garbage time. Yeah. Well, that's always been the issue with Thibodeau is that he like overplays guys a lot. He overplays them w- yeah. without question. He overplays them. Uh, he's a defensive minded head coach, and the Knicks defense stinks. This year it stinks. This right. year it does. This last year. year they were amazing. They were very good last year, and right. they got a lot worse. Yes considerably worse um and it, i mean they were they were a good enough regular season team but they weren't even competitive against the hawks no 
they, they were not. Um, with so with all that uh, going on, did you have any bets for the Super Bowl? No, nothing. nothing. Okay, so I, I I'll tell you what I had. I had I had the Bengal. I had the Rams minus four and a half, but I also got a great deal and had the Rams money line when they were losing in the fourth quarter. Ah, so, so, so you I bet ten to win eighteen. Nice. Okay. So it was. I got. I got a really. I really. I really got a good deal on that one with with, with the Super Bowl bets. But nice. like, the the weird thing about being a football fan with the Super Bowl is that it feels over. Like the season already feels over when the yes, Super Bowl happens. I completely agree. Because it's not like anything else. The Super Bowl is more of a like a weird cultural event. Yes. Like it's, an American it's not football, football event than it is football. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Watch for the halftime shows and the commercials. When when the when the conference championships end, to me that's like the end of the football season. Yeah, because then you go a week, there's nothing, and then you have to wait another week for the Super Bowl. But it's not like any other day because you know you're there, you're at a Super Bowl party or whatever, and a bunch of other people are watching who never watched, who like maybe never watched or hardly watched all year round. It's right. just sort of a different. It's it's a and, different. And, and people who did watch all year round are not even watching. Like apparently, Brandon, you said, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so, the commercials are great. That I love. I yeah, love the commercials. The commercials are great. I think I know what your favorite commercial was. Which one? The Larry David one. I yeah, I actually didn't see that one live, but that one was good. Or the, was very good. I, I like the, uh, the, 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 the the yeah the Silverado one. I like I, I like that one too. Um, I'd say those two were the two best ones, but my favorite would have had to have been the Larry David one. That one was great. Just quintessential was, LD. Yeah, it was quint. It was the perfect Larry David type of thing. Yes. It, with uh, with that commercial, like I think, I would say that one and the Sopranos one. I'm trying to remember. I don't think there was another one that the commercials in the 2013 Super Bowl. I think were the best one. I, I can't remember any commercials. The one my, with the wheels on the bus one? No. The wheels and the Tostitos commercial and the Doritos commercials? Doritos used to have the like the best. I don't know. I, I didn't see there was, there was this one year. or two Doritos commercials this year. Okay. Well, there was one or two, I'd say. Um, but quick question. Do you think that – would you say that the, the weather had a lot to do with the outcome of this game? Yeah, of course. There's pretty treacherous <laughs> conditions. Steve, Stephen A. Smith definitely did. <laughs> no, it's crazy how many like sports commentators actually make that mistake. Yeah, they, they forget that te- when teams play in domes. No, now let me ask you this: Did he act? Did he actually say that, or was that one of those things that like Ballsack Sports put out or something like well, that? No, I think he actually said that. Okay. And ball sack sports. <laughs> That's like this big Twitter account now that yeah. is putting out, yeah. yeah. That puts out like fake stuff. Fake quotes. If you, like today, they put out a quote about Kevin Garnett and like everyone, but like a lot of people believed it. Yeah. And they're like bashing KG. It's like, what? <laughs> this is clearly made up. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me, Nick. Yeah. All right. Um, see you uh, next time I have you on. Let's go, Nets. Oh, no, no.